Hello and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I'm David Bax. And thank you for listening. David. Yeah. How you doing? Better than you. Yes. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, everything's so phony now because we have to do this again. All right. So there is a bit of a technical trouble. So uh, You can't help but show behind the curtain. Yes. Because it's so... Because we have... A, here's the thing. We have a guest. If it was just you and me, I probably could fake it. But no, I feel so phony. No, you weeks ago we had to do an edit and you... It would have been seamless. Except you had to call attention to the edit. Yeah, that's true. Um, uh, well, I like. Where, where's your sense of showmanship, man? Uh, it, you know, it's doped up on cold medicine. <laughs> is what's is the problem with it? So, um, but yeah, I'm I'm getting over something. So my my voice is a bit uh, has a husk to it. Um, but uh, so hopefully you people will uh, forgive me if I occasionally have to go off mic and and cough and and all that sort of thing. So, uh, but David, yeah, here's the thing. Yes. I just mentioned a moment ago we have a guest. I missed that. Oh, okay. David. We have a guest? David, we have a guest. Oh, thank God. Well, let's introduce him. Yeah, all right. Sounds good to me. Uh, You may know him from a web series such as Aim High. Yep. You may know him from a television series called Mega Drive. Mm -hmm. You may know him uh, from one scene in in the loop a wonderful scene a wonderful scene yeah uh or if you're from los angeles and you know what's up if you got a you know a good fucking head on your shoulders you've seen some comedy shows you might just know him from those shows why'd you have to get angry at the end there because i just i can't abide these people uh ladies and gentlemen it's johnny pemberton so should i knock now is, just, <laughs> yeah. is there a door opening sound i should be listening for exactly i'm here yes i'm guesting so how, how's how's it going johnny it's going good. It's going great. It's well, uh, yeah. It's cold, but I like it. I'm I'm okay with it. It's cold. Yeah, it is definitely cold. I was gonna say by Los Angeles standards, but it's kind of just been cold lately. It's, it's just straight up cold. Yeah, straight yeah, up. Like straight up cold. A low thirties. I guess that's still. It's. I'm sure it's colder in oh, St. Louis where I'm hasn't from. Hasn't been that cold, has it? Low thirties. Yeah, it's been. Yeah, it's been. Oh, it's wow. in, in my thirties. What part of town do you I live? in? Sort of an Echo Park ish area. Yeah. I think the valley where we are now and where Tyler and I both live, it, it's warmer in the summer and colder. Cold in winter. winter. I didn't know that. That's interesting. So it um, it has been down to like 32 at night. And here's the thing. I stay up very 30, late. 32. I, I stay up later than you. For a guy who has a nine to five job, you guys should stay up very battle this out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh no! If, if it's a battle, Tyler wins. He okay. stays up till six or seven in the morning. So <clears throat> I work from home, so it allows me to do that. Yeah. Here's the thing: is that uh, thirty two is cold. Like that's well, legitimately freezing. cold. It's freezing. It's it freezing. is freezing cold. Yeah. yeah. And you know, we've lived in Chicago, and then my my wife uh, and her family they're from Minnesota. I'm from Minnesota. You're from yeah, Minnesota. I grew up in Minnesota. So. Okay. And so we know what cold we know what cold means. Exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. But here's the thing, and I've, I'm, I'm sure I've probably said this on the show before, but uh, I'm I'm excited you're from Minnesota because now you can be part of the conversation, right? And I'm not excluding <laughs> the guest. So, um, but uh, my my brother-in-law, who I, I get along with uh, very well, he's kind of a kind of a manly type, right? And anytime I say like, oh man, it's cold. He's like, this isn't cold. Yeah, you aren't cold. You should go to... And then I go, go to, to Minnesota. Go to Bemidji. Yeah. And it's like, negative 15, that's more than cold. That's yeah, that's, ridiculous. that's freezing. That's like sort of like... Uh, it changes your brain and things yeah. like that. It's horrible. It's insane. Like, to yeah. me, the, the thing that I... If you, get, if you lock yourself out of your house... You can die. You could die. Yeah, you can 32 die. Thirty-two degrees. You're cold for a, a while. Yeah, you can handle that. There's like there's like a weird thing. I think I think usually it's, it's about ten degrees. I don't know. Below freezing, usually around uh, twenty, 
Below 20 is when things start to get kind of like painful cold, hurting, and then below 10, and below zero. That's like that's the true definition. Below zero, that's when it's like this is, you know, things start getting weird number wise and just <laughs> yeah, it hurts it physically. It's like a pain in your joints and in your lungs. Your lungs is a big one. That's a big. Pain. Oh yeah, yeah, like you breathe in and it's just and it, everything freezes. Yeah, it's like it's like a crackle. Uh-huh. Yeah, just like. Yeah, oh, it's horrible. And I remember for a long time, I would say to my wife, specifically when we were in Minnesota for you know the holidays, um, I'd say like, "Who decided to stop here and yeah. and stay?" <laughs> and she's like, "Well, people didn't know at the time. They thought this might be the best that there was." And I was like, "Yeah, but since then, I know people yeah. have live live other places. I think a lot of people are Norwegian though, so they are kind of like, yeah, yeah, this this is fine, no big deal." The Germans, too. The drink gets pretty cold in Germany. Minnesota is basically Norwegians, Germans, and maybe some Swedes, I think. Yeah. I think it's Norwegians, yeah. Yeah, uh, it's it's a ridiculous... You got out of Minnesota, yeah. so, you know, good yeah, I've, for you. I've, 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 my, my cold tolerance now is just, like, pathetic. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about it in a second. Yeah. I want to ask... Have you have you lived in Chicago by any chance? I haven't. No, but I've been to Chicago a lot. I like it it's because Chicago. I think obviously it's colder in most of Minnesota than it is in Chicago because yeah. it's further north. But I think the reason Chicago has more of a reputation is because it's such a pedestrian heavy city. So you mm. spend. Oh yeah. If yeah. you live there, you spend more time in the cold. Yeah, you definitely. It is. It is very cold in Chicago. It's only oh, yeah. slightly more cold in Minnesota. I think you get more snow in Chicago. So of the there is lake that effect. right. It so, usually snows. It will snow, and then it'll go out over the lake and yeah, twirl and, it on, twirl and around, yeah. come back and snow again two days later. Yeah, uh, I remember when, David, when you and I were going to school uh, at Columbia, and I was at school on a Saturday, and we had to shoot something, and we had to shoot in daylight. That was the, that was the deal. That was the project. The wind was blowing 60 miles an hour that day, uh-huh. and it was in March... March, not incredibly cold. Sometimes it comes in like a lion, though. Right. That's just for like seven people in this country, that joke. But, oh, um, I get it. I know. <clears throat> <laughs> I know. I didn't say you weren't one of them. It's, right. And so um, so the, uh, so we went outside, and we had to shoot. Like, the, the instructor made us go outside. And so it was already like eh, 40 degrees. That's not terrible. But then, with sixty mile an hour winds, it's zero. It was it was zero, yeah. and it blew like the wind blew so hard that it like blew scaff- scaffolding over, and like somebody died. And oh, like, the, oh, I remember that March. You remember? Yeah, yes. it was horrible. And, and it was it, um, was it the Ides of March? Possibly, it's entirely possible. <laughs> it's entirely huh. it was. I wouldn't no, rule it so, out. Uh, a window washing team had left their rig or whatever you call it on the side of the Hancock building. Yeah. Of all, all places in it. Yeah, just, who leaves crap on the Hancock building? Are you kidding me? You do not. Of all the buildings uh, you to leave stuff on, the Hancock building is not a building. But yeah, um, and then it fell into, on a Michigan drive and killed two. It was, it was quite sad. Um, okay, so it was bad. <laughs> it was very bad. Yeah, you really don't. You shouldn't have done that, guys. No, it's, it's, I'm sorry. Um, but speaking of cold, David, watch this. You think you're the king of transitions here. Uh, you will retain that title because here's how terrible this is going to be. I was recently watching an episode of a show called Mega Drive. Right. And uh, <laughs> hosted by our good friend, Johnny Pemberton. Yes. Uh, who's sitting across from me. And uh, there's a lot of episodes uh, in which you looked uh, genuinely freezing. Oh, this... And it, it frequently seemed like an unpleasant shoot. For those that uh, don't know what Mega Drive is, uh, go ahead and explain it. Well, it was a TV show I made for MTV, and it was a travel show. Well, it wasn't it wasn't built around travel, but it had had me just traveling, and you know, I would um, 
drive, learn to drive and meet the people who created like different kinds of vehicles, planes, or weird custom trucks or anything that was sort of unique or powerful or scary or any of those combinations. And uh, yeah, I would you know learn to learn to drive them from these weird either engineers or rednecks or whatever. And then we would uh, do stuff with them that you just you're not supposed to do, basically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it was uh, a lot now, of times it was very cool. A lot of times it was there's a lot, there's there's a couple episodes that haven't aired that we shot. Hmm. There's one actually I, I'll just talk about it because I don't give a shit anymore. But uh, we <laughs> shot one with the uh, you know the Storm Chaser show hmm. that had those okay. special trucks that are meant to withstand a tornado. Mm-hmm. We shot an episode with those guys, but Discovery killed it because of you know. That show is definitely a family show, mm. and we did stuff that was very not family with that that vehicle and that crew who already have a show. So uh-huh. yeah, it killed it. But basically, <coughs> we wasted sixteen hour a sixteen hour day in northern Michigan in the middle of the winter, uh, and it was like it was hovering around around zero. Uh, that's without the wind chill, shooting mm-hmm. all all fucking day. <laughs> With that thing, and now it can't be used. So it hasn't, it hasn't seen the light of day. I have never even seen the footage of it. So huh. that was freezing. That was absolutely freezing. Yeah. And uh, now, so Mega Drive is, we were talking uh, before we started recording, it is pretty much uh, over uh, yeah, for I all mean, intents not, and purposes. Yeah, I mean, people in Peru and like Chile and Australia will all often comment on the Facebook page like, is Mega Drive this show coming back again? Or, you know, is will there a season two be Johnny? Or something like that. You know? <laughs> and I always say, no, there's, yeah, probably not, no season two. I mean, it's st- it hasn't been actively killed, but, uh, yeah, I, I think it's very, it was too expensive of a show and hmm. too, like, uh, too interesting and unique, unique. I think for that network to uh, <laughs> want to go forward with. Uh, that's a weird, it's a long story, but you know, uh, MTV is. Sh- are you into cars? No, or? Not specifically. No, I mean I do have a pretty good history with that kind of stuff, um, but not like I'm not an expert. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean the whole point of the show is that I don't have any idea about <laughs> any of those things, and a lot of them going into it, I really didn't know. I really didn't know like what the hell this was, how to drive it, or like you know. It was, genuinely scary a couple times because of that and uh i mean that's that's basically that's the premise of the show is that i don't know (coughs) and i'm uncomfortable and the show is is frequently uh very funny but there are a couple of moments where i can tell like oh you know you watch a show that is ostensibly you know i mean it's a it's a comedy show it's like it's sort of like jackass and no one ever gets hurt on those, right? right? Everyone's everything's under control. Yeah. And then every once in a while you'll see like one little moment where the the guy who's driving with you or in some cases you yourself, like there's a look on your just a little flash on on one of your faces that's just like, "Oh, yeah. Things are about to go really badly." Yeah, there's definitely a lot of things. <clears throat> that with that supercar, it's like this $300,000 custom sports car. That guy was trying to drive it onto a, a moving carpet and he legitimately lost control and he almost wrecked the thing. And that that happened. There was that he definitely was scared then. When I was driving this mud truck, this alcohol fueled mud truck, that guy was definitely scared cuz that thing could like blow up and yeah. that's like super finicky. Some of those machines I really think some of the guys, the operators, were a lot more scared than I was because they're used to being in the position of operating this thing, and all of a sudden mm-hmm. they have to give it up to someone who they don't know and who looks like an idiot, and so they just like they get really scared. And so, yeah, I unfortunately have not seen the show. Did you get to drive the three hundred thousand dollar car? 
That's not my answer. <laughs> like uh, Harpo Marx. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yes, I did. I had to drive that thing a bunch, actually. We actually traded cars. I traded him for my um, Honda Accord, <laughs> and he drove that, and I raced him in that. So, yeah, it was fun. That thing was, it was pretty cool. That's I, great. That was cool. But I think the coolest thing was probably this, um, the uh, the Baja race truck. It's a, called the Trophy Truck. Mm-hmm. It's kind of these trucks they used to race in the desert with, and they have like two and a half feet of rear travel on the wheels, and so you can drive them over anything. And the, you know, it's like a, it's like a half a million dollar truck, so it's awesome. It has like a whole team associated with it. It's like a Na- it's like a NASCAR thing, basically. Now I, I do have a, a question for you because uh, it's a rare opportunity to say I've seen you vomit. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Uh there is a uh, a scene where uh in one of the planes, I don't remember yeah, which one. Yeah, it was one. a stunt plane. Yeah, it's yeah. this custom stunt plane this guy And uh there you go. You're all yeah. it just goes all over the place. Well, that was uh that's got to be a little strange. It is strange <coughs> having pe- people in the country all over the world in fact, in yeah. Australia as you were mentioning, yeah. saying like a Johnny Pemberton guy. I know what he looks like when he vomits. <laughs> yep. It was. Uh, it was. I didn't, wasn't thinking it was strange at the time. I was more thinking about how I felt like I was gonna gonna die in this airplane because <laughs> it was. I couldn't breathe and like, I don't know. <coughs> that was early on in the season before I realized uh, that you're not supposed to eat a lot of food before you go on an airplane. Mm. Uh-huh. Uh, so the next time we did one, I just watched everything the pilot ate and I just ate the exact same thing, <laughs> which was like you know a couple pretzels and a coke, <laughs> so and maybe some Advil. Yeah. It's, yeah, that was a horrible day. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to well, Actually, no, it wasn't that bad, but it could have been worse. I just definitely – I will say this. I did not throw up because of the acrobatics. I threw up because this guy was doing that. You know how they do the, do the smoke thing with those acrobatic planes to show you mm-hmm. – it's like a thing they do to, to show that the plane is moving. It's like a reference thing because it makes it look cooler when they do stuff. Mm-hmm. That stuff was coming in the cabin, and that's what made me sick. Okay. Yeah. I'm sure it didn't help that we were doing like flat spans right. and stuff like that. But yeah, it's definitely it definitely made me that's what made me sick. At least that's what I'm saying. Well, it's a very it's, it was a very uh very funny show and and a lot of and it was very interesting to watch some of those some of those vehicles. I'm by no means a car person or a vehicle mm-hmm. person and even even I in watching some of those like that looks like it would be a lot of fun to do. Yeah, some of them were incredibly fun and I uh now you watched it recently, Tether? Yes. Where, where is it available? It is available on uh, at uh, MTV.com, uh, yep. I believe. Also, yeah. all the episodes, I think. Yeah, um, all the episodes, all seven of them that have aired. There's more. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Well, let's go back. Let's go back to Minnesota, but not talk right. about the cold. Uh, how, how did you? How did you get into comedy? How did you decide it was something you wanted to do? How did you come out? Come to be out here? I moved out here. Um, for a job, I used to work at Fox. I used to do like s- s- just crappy stuff for the website, you know, nothing yeah. special. But I moved out here for that job. Actually, I, I moved here on January seventh. I started work on January tenth. Mm. So it's like one of those weird things where, and most people move to LA and you're like, you know, couch surf, trying to find a job. And I just didn't have that luxury because I knew I needed to have health insurance. So it was something where it's like I needed to have a job that provided health insurance, or at least it let me paid me enough where I could buy on my own, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's that's uh why I moved why I moved out here and how I moved out here to LA. And yeah, I mean I was living in Minnesota for a little bit um before that, for like 5 months or so after college. I think that was when it was, yeah. You went to college in Minnesota? I went to college in Florida, Florida oh. State University. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. 
We all know Florida State University, right? It's the FSU. FSU, right? That's the abbreviation for it. Yeah, yeah that's all I got. Yep. <laughs> and that's yeah. And that's uh, I mean, as far as comedy though, getting into comedy, I mean, I don't. It's one of those things where I, I guess I thought about it for a long time. I just didn't realize you could do it. It seems like I still think to this day, it's one of those things where if you take a step back and look at it, it's like you're not supposed to be able to do this, really. You know, <laughs> it's like doesn't seem. It's so illegitimate of a career. <laughs> like it's, it's just absolutely there's nothing you're not doing anything at all there's no well there's no path laid out <laughs> yeah there's no path there's no like there's no school there's no right way to do it there's no like there's there's thousand different ways to make money doing it a thousand you know everyone does so many different ways <coughs> but, yeah it's totally illegitimate like I feel like even you know I do a lot of acting too but I feel like that's even significantly more legitimate than anything comedy wise you know right. so I don't know. It's one. I still kind of, in a way, I struggle with that still because it's like, a, it's hard to take yourself seriously. I guess because of that, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm not not like taking myself seriously. Like you know, I'm serious. <laughs> just be like, oh, you know, I actually do. I'm legitimately. I know. I I do something that is legitimate, even though, like, it's not like going home for holidays and telling your relatives what you do for a living. Right. Like. Yeah. That's one of those things. I, I it's only recently become you know something where you can actually I can have something to show for it. You know? Right. So yeah. Well, you, you mentioned acting, and I uh, you know I uh, I guess two years ago at this point I knew who you were from seeing you uh, you know around around town uh, at shows or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I'm watching Armando Iannucci's In the Loop, something yeah. I had been looking forward to mm-hmm. seeing. It's you know, movie. as a fan of. Uh, of the um, the thick of it, the thick of it, yeah, such a good show. Um, so I was I was very into seeing it, and and I had no <laughs> idea. Just all of a sudden, I was like, I know who that guy is. Yeah, I have, that's happened a bunch of times with people. How, how uh, did how did that come to be? I auditioned for it, and that was uh, it was casting it. It was the same people who cast um, the Napoleon Dynamite, and that was the follow up to that gentleman Broncos. Yeah, they, oh, right. Meredith. Uh, I can't remember her last name. Right? I, know, I think Nacho Libre was in between those two. Right, I think she mm-hmm. cast those. I don't. I can't remember, but uh, you know, I went out for. I went out for it. Um, well, it's a lot of improv stuff, and that's like the a lot of those British shows are heavy on improv. At least if not, if not, Im, not Im, improv is such like a weird word because people use it. Well, improv really is like a whole other thing because people who are improv comedians you know who do group improv and like that kind of thing but i feel like i don't know and because you could say ad-libbing you know like uh-huh. that's like what it is because a lot of the british stuff like that's how they shoot the thick of it they shoot, shoot the thick of it with um roving hand camps everyone's uh-huh. mic'd with a lav and they they do they have a script but they it's pretty loose and they they will do like you know they'll cut they're able to cut together anything because they have they've always they always have two shots so they end up doing that but i think um yeah, I was able to go out for that just because I, I don't know, fit the bill for – I had auditioned for her a couple times before, and I think she brought me back in specifically for this movie because she like, thought it would be good for Well, the character part. is supposed to be young-looking, and you are exactly, very yeah. young-looking. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, but so. were you a fan of The Thick of It before you auditioned, or did you watch it as a I, result of getting I cast? watched The Thick of It. I mean, The Thick of It was something that was on TV in England – I you know to watch it. I, I had watched it on YouTube on some mm-hmm. you know super low quality. Some person had ripped it and put it on there, and I even ripped it. Probably you know hand cam taped it or whatever. Right. So I mean, I've been a fan of Armando stuff for a long time because I love Alan, I'm Alan Partridge was mm-hmm. one of the first comedy shows I really got into and was like, this is so much better than like. It was the first comedy show where I kind of 
I don't know. I, I just got it in a way that I feel like I didn't understand other th- other things, and I just was. This is so like distinctively funny, uh, and you know, I come to find out that that's an uh, Armando Iannucci mm-hmm. uh, thing, and uh, you know, Steve Coogan. I love that guy to death. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that characters. I, I could watch Alan Partridge do anything. <clears throat> so, yeah, I was like super excited just to be doing anything with him. Yeah. Awesome. The uh, so in the scene uh, was there a lot of uh, ad libbing between you and sorry now uh, for the life of me now I can't remember the name of the other oh uh, it's uh, Peter Capaldi Peter Capaldi that's right um, was there a lot of ad libbing between the two of you or was that scene mostly written oh it's mostly written yeah I mean there's like a little we did a couple passes but I think the cut that they ended up using was pretty much pretty much you know pretty much the script yeah mm-hmm. so except for the top and the bottom of it. The top of it, um, I'm like, I think I'm saying something about the marble, whatever. Mm. I was just <laughs> filling time there, and afterwards, Peter was like, uh, "What were you saying about the about this?" Mar-? He asked me, I can't do a Scottish accent right now for some reason, but he was asking about that. I was like, "He was asking, is that true?" I'm like, "Ah, no, not nope. I don't know. I just was making that up." <laughs> I, so I fooled him, I guess. So I feel where good did about it shoot that. In, in, in DC? DC? Yeah, That's we were shooting in the hall, the Daughters of the Revolution, I think, is what it was. <laughs> yeah. It was very hot. As uh, opposed to being cold, it was hot that day. <laughs> and poor well, let's Peter. Talk about had, that yeah. About how heat. Hot it can be well, I find heat places. to be interesting because <laughs> different places it can be hot, and uh, that's what you know. I just love that the idea that there's different temperatures, different days, different places. And what I find, I don't know if you guys have experienced this before, but sometimes there's a dry heat, and you'll, you'll get that that uh, muggy heat, and that's that's a lot different. It's yeah. a definitely a different type of heat. Yeah, where it's still hot after the sun goes down. Yeah, exactly. Off-putting. Exactly. Don't like it. People, I think there's a lot of people who just don't. They're not talking about that, and I think it just, <laughs> you know, right. Uh, I'd like to see it be brought up in more in more of the debates. Um, oh yeah, totally in the debates that would be great. They might as well. They've 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 talked about so much crap in those Republican debates. They might as well just like have a deb- like a debate against like uh, climate. Like not about climate not change. Even climate, just, yeah, just yeah. like uh, like Rick Perry's like I'm I'm for a uh, a mild uh, I'm for a temperate I'm for a zone six. Whereas you know <laughs> that would be pick your zone and defend it. <laughs> defend the zone of your constituency. Jesus, that would be so funny. I would love to see that. Uh, Man, no, I want to get into movies in a second, or right. you know, you know our discussion or whatever. But uh, I wanted to ask because I looked you up on on IMDb, right? Um, and you are credited as being in the upcoming Twenty One Jump Street. Oh yeah, uh-huh. uh, I finished shooting that in June. Yeah, is it is it a what's the what's the role? I play this kid Delroy. Um, he's like a nerd at the school, and um, yeah, it was uh, it was shot down there for about a month or so. At least my involvement was about a month, a little more over a month. Um, yeah, it's gonna be. It's a comedy. It's Jonah Hill. It's Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum is funny, mm-hmm. as you haven't seen him before. He's actually really good. Uh, there's some scenes. There's one scene in particular. I won't say anything because it's you know it's so funny. But okay. I was really surprised at how funny he was, and he was like physically really funny too. What he was doing. So awesome. Yeah, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a fun movie to watch. I think it's a it's a movie that uh, you know. I mean. When people hear, oh, they're making a 21 Jump Street movie, oh, yeah. you know, people instinctively roll their eyes. There is so and much I, And I probably on. was, too, although part of me was like, well, that makes maybe a little bit more sense than other movies based on TV yeah. shows. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a kind of a neat concept, and oh, yeah. so I think it could work, and the fact that it's a comedy, I think, makes it work uh, even more. And then I watched the uh, Red Band trailer, and I laughed several times. Like, yeah. I, it actually looks 
Like it has potential to me. I mean, it's uh, it's Jonah's kind of passion project. He's been wanting to do for a long time, and Seth and Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg they are big. They took a big pass on the script and pretty, not a pass. I mean, like they did a, mm-hmm. a punch up or they did you know did a they did a. I guess you call it a pass. Whatever. So they're definitely. WGA is going to be knocking on your door, telling you what the uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> what the right term. Yeah, right. Well, they def- they definitely are a part of it because those guys are all you know good friends. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of people, a lot of very funny people who lent their hand writing wise to the film. And um, Jonah is a great improviser. So it's just there's a lot of good stuff in there that I think is going to be. Yeah, I I actually I was out of town uh, working on another movie with Jonah yeah. when they had the screening for. Um, 21. So I haven't even seen it yet, but um, I hear good things. Hear a lot of good things. So a lot of people I know have seen it, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited to see it. Awesome, definitely very excited. Well, let's uh, as we've been uh, doing with a lot of our guests lately, we just want to talk about movies that that you like. Okay, movies I like, and we'll just sort of have a freewheeling conversation. But the reason. Because you sent me a thing, like I often ask topics, and you right. sent, you sent me a thing, and the first thing at the top of your list, the thing that made me go, I think we'll just stick to general topics, is you said you, that you know a lot about reggae movies. Yeah, I guess so. And I didn't really know what you meant by well, that. Well, the didn't two really of them. Do the, the t- research. Well, I see. Okay, so what are, let's get into it. <coughs> oh, okay. Well, I guess the quintessential reggae movie is The Harder They Come. Okay, yeah. Which I think is not the best by R, by far, by far, by R. By reggae, R for reggae. Um, R for reggae. <laughs> um, there's that movie called Country Man, which is horrible, but it's uh, the music isn't that great either. Um, but I think th- I be- we're basically talking about three movies here, and the third one is the most important, which is Rockers. Okay. Now, a lot of people haven't seen Rockers. I just it kills me that they haven't because everyone knows about the harder they come for some reason. Everyone, it's like this, you know, it's it's everyone knows about the harder they come. They love it. Uh-huh. And it's got a, it does have an awesome soundtrack, but the movie is trash. Right? It's it's crap. It's a bad movie. I, I think it really is a bad movie. <coughs> I've, I've, I've never seen it actually. Well, you know, it's uh, it's it's not great. It's not a great <laughs> movie. It's fun to watch, but I feel like Rockers, as far as like a reggae movie goes, Rockers is like the best. Rockers is amazing. It follows um, as a drummer. I, I'm also really into reggae, or like mainly like a lot of pre-reggae Jamaican music, like before before 1973, like before. Bef- basically before reggae became what most people know when they hear the word reggae because mm. there's, there's a genre called rock steady which kind of existed back then but I mean Rockers isn't Rockers is about reggae though. It's, a, it's a reggae movie and you've got it follows this drummer Leroy Horsemouth Wallace who's like this kind of down and out guy but he's a lot, got a lot of good friends super charismatic guy he's also one of the greatest drummers in reggae history he's probably who knows how many hundreds of tracks he's on? Maybe thousands. He's he he's such a great drummer that he um I've read interviews about him where he talks about how he's able he can tell any track he's on because he hits the cymbals in such a way that he has like different tones for cymbal crashes, which I'm like it's pretty incredible. It's like a yeah. like a very high level of playing. So he's the main guy. Um, he's actually a really good actor in it, and he's like selling records to try to make money and like get. Famous. He has a motorbike that he paints like a Rasta uh, lion on it. Lion of Judah. <coughs> he's good friends with uh, Dirty Harry, who's Dirty you know, Richard Richard Hall's his real name. He's like a, a DJ. Um, and it's you know it's kind of like their adventures trying to. Um, it's just awesome. The music is the best. It's got everyone. Everyone in reggae. Everyone in like Jamaican music is in the movie. Jack Ruby's in it. Big Youth is in it. Um, Jacob Miller, who from Inner Circle, he's in it. Uh, anyone, uh, Dillinger is like all these people are in it, and they're all like these guys in this movie. 
look cooler than anybody has ever looked in any movie ever. This is like if one day in my life I could look as cool as Leroy Horsemouth Wallace, I would be like, <coughs> that's it. That's all I'm wearing, you know? Oh, once we're already getting off movies, but how did yeah. you get into this reggae? Because here's the thing. Oh. Uh, I like... I like this kind of reggae you're talking about, but I right. don't know it very well. I have like the Greensleeves records. Uh, okay, yeah, those are great. Had, yeah, I have the Studio Kings. Uh, Studio One, one. Yeah. yeah, and I have the I, I have the big youth screaming target. The one, oh, the yeah. re-release with the bonus tracks. Right, yeah, on it. but that's about all I know of this era. I've just been like really into. I'm a huge music fan. Like so, I've just been really into music for a long time. I've been like DJing for a long time. I used to DJ on radio for about four or five years, and I just. Uh, yeah, I just like I've all, I played in a bunch of bands and stuff. So I've just always been actually before I ever thought about doing any comedy, I thought I'd be a musician. Uh-huh. <laughs> so which uh, is, you know, uh and it didn't really work out cuz I just wasn't I could tell one of my best friends who I still talk to a lot today, he's in a a number of great bands in Minneapolis and he just like he went on, he went to to study jazz in college and he was like I could tell that his his passion for music was different than mine. And that meant that I shouldn't be a professional musician. So, because he was just way, he was so into it. You know, he's so, like, if you ever meet a guy who's a professional musician, those guys, they just, they don't care about anything else. They just don't, they have no capacity. Well, not, I'm not saying that they're like one, you know, singularly focused, but I don't know, some of those guys are just amazing to meet a person who can, like, pick up any instrument and just, you know, no big deal. Just intonations all right there and everything. Yeah. Do you have uh, a favorite album of 2011? Yeah. Oh jeez, I don't know. I don't listen to a lot of new music. Oh, okay. oh I, yeah, I don't know. It's it's probably the, the OCs, Carrie and Crawler. That's really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like the one band that's around now that I just can't get enough of. Did I you go? I saw them at the U- Ukrainian. Cultural I did. Center. I was there. You yep. were there. I saw them there. It was amazing. Yeah. Did you dress up because it was Halloween weekend? Were I was dressed up. I was dressed up as a tea, a tea partier. Yeah. <laughs> so you may have seen me with a sign about Obama or something like that. Yeah. Um. It's. It's really fascinating to me the uh, the different. I mean, I and now we're we're continuing to not be on movies, but I guess it sort of fits into this. We can bring it back home. I see <clears throat> no it. question. I see it in the future. And so, uh, but just the sheer number, and uh, this is going to be the most obvious thing in the world: the sheer number of like subcategories in music, or maybe in art in general. And there, right. see, I can bring it back into movies uh, because. For example, as David was saying, was setting up uh, what we're going to talk about, which is just a general discussion, and he said that the first thing (laughs) in your email was reggae movies. It's like, you know what? I'm going to say... I would have guessed 100,000 things first before yeah. I got to reggae movies because I didn't even know that was a thing. And admittedly, you said like there's it, not very it many It barely of them. is a thing. But, but I feel like The Rockers is such a good movie that there's people I've talked to recently who are genuine reggae fans who don't know about it. I'm just like, that's so, it's like a shame, but it's also awesome because there's nothing greater than like seeing something for the first time that like you wish you would, you know. Like oh how did I not, how how did I live without seeing this movie yeah like I don't know the movie it's just it's just pure style is all it is like I feel like I, I I like a lot of movies in style over substance I feel like there's a lot of movies like that I feel like um have shitty endings and I'm like that's fine it's impossible to end a movie you can't <laughs> like one in one thousand movies has a good ending most movies. Most great movies, even are just like it's it's hard to wrap up a good movie. It's really difficult. I really think it is. What's a movie with a good ending? Do you think? Um, I think In the Loop has a pretty good ending. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. This is so hard because I don't even think about it because I just am like so right. forgiving 
of movie endings that I don't even like think about it because I feel like there's like a lot of really bad movies <coughs> where I'm like um, I like a couple scenes in them and I'm like this scene is so so good it's too bad that the movie totally sucks you know I don't yeah. know I have a weird approach to movies cause I just like I love I love love watching movies but I also sort of like pick I just pick them apart in a way that um, I don't know I just I, I like I like pieces of things a lot more than something that's in the whole so I have trouble like having a favorite movie or a favorite like you know thing or favorite director or, you know you what know? I found myself watching the other day that I hadn't seen in years um, was Forrest Gump oh okay. I, I think Oof. I take I take Robert Zemeckis to task a lot on this podcast and uh, in a lot of ways it didn't hold up for me really? a, a lot of it I didn't like I would find it sort of um, maybe pandering or or, or just sentimental or whatever yeah that's but what then, i can't stand but then there would be uh, peppered throughout forrest gump there are like, just single like sequences or just shots just so that good are yeah profoundly beautiful uh oh i, thought, yeah, I think sure. it's so i'm still i'm still glad i own that movie on dvd because i can see you know after all the sermon drang with jenny or whatever when she and she's living with him when she and she leaves yeah you know the sequence of him there's not some heartrending sequence of like him calling out Jenny, or whatever. It's just him standing, looking at her made bed, holding right. a glass of milk, and it's it's beautiful. Right. Uh, things like that are, yeah. There's always redeeming things. He did Castaway, right? Yeah, yeah. That's a movie I like. I don't know. I like that movie a lot. I just I, I think I it's my love, favorite to make. There's something about it. It's just it's so. Uh, it's one of those things where it's like, um, it's like a a take on something you that's not what you expect it to be. You know, like I just like when stuff is that way where it's. The whole, um, God, it's some like, I'm like, I think I think I'm about to quote Sean Penn or something <laughs> like that. I think I'm about to quote Sean Penn quoting Charles Bukowski, which is the worst <laughs> thing in the entire. Like, is there anything more pretentious or like, like shitty than that? But I always think about this. But he says something that the, evidently Bukowski said. Maybe who knows? But it's like an uncommon thought on a common matter, where it's uh-huh. like. You know shipwrecks. That's like yeah. so common. Like mm-hmm. it's like a, it's like a hackneyed idea. But it was the idea of the guy getting rescued and coming back. It's like there's no protocol for that. Yeah. There's no like there's no right way to do it. Like a level is like a chance to ha- make something where it's like, well, this is we just don't know, we don't know what to do. Like people people most people don't know how to deal with situations like that because it's just like that never ever happens. So it's like. And the, yeah, uh, the speaking oh, of oh go ahead oh I was the the whole. Uh, I don't know that thought that uh, that um, saying that well, Sean Penn Bukowski saying, uh, but <coughs> that's fantastic. The idea of an uncommon thought on a common what was matter, it? I guess. Common yeah, matter. yeah. Uh, that's why I I always bristle whenever I hear of like some movie coming out that's where it sounds very high concept. Yeah, you know, because it, it you can almost you can just feel like the pitch and you can feel the executives going like, oh, that'll that'll right, yeah, that'll grab people. You know, phone booth or one day or whatever these movies. Right. Um, I like phone booth, uh, but it's still, it's, you know, it's but a, it is it's a very concept. high concept. Yes, uh, and the thing, like, I don't think maybe that maybe that kind of thing gets people into a theater, but that's not what people respond to in movies. People respond to the take on what's relatable. Yeah. You know, and that's why um, I'm a bit <coughs> defender, uh, you know, despite the pretentiousness of our podcast and maybe of our listenership, I always talk, I'm a big defender of genre filmmaking. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot that can be, that oh, can yeah. be said and done within the familiar uh, genre, tra- genre trappings. Yeah, I like that stuff a lot too. I mean, I'm like a big John Carpenter fan. Yeah. I feel like, 
Somebody, you know, for a good ten years, you couldn't make a mistake. Even though some of those movies are kind of. Did you see the Ward? I haven't seen I, it. I kind of. I tried to see the Ward. Yeah. I don't. I mean, I really wanted to like it. I don't know what the deal was. I just couldn't like it. Yeah. Something about it. I feel like it's just like he's out of touch or something, or I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like, I saw maybe, the two Masters of Horror things that he. Yeah, did those are pretty fun. They they are fun, but they they do seem like yeah they're they're kind of cheap and stupid yeah they're yeah. definitely not the best but you don't get the like the I mean, this is the guy who has this the scene in Assault on Precinct Thirteen where a little girl gets shot yeah. point blank like you don't get that no. kind of like visceral yeah that movie's great and like so people good. I don't think people talk about it enough no nope. the, the remake's actually kind of good too in its own way but like that original film it's it's such an interesting take because. It's very much like a western and a horror movie uh-huh. set in modern day. Yeah, like it's such a it's such a fascinating like little thing like the the uh, woman. There's a scene where the woman is escaping the precinct. I don't mm-hmm. remember the number, but uh, <laughs> and she and she thinks she's gotten away, and then like one of the bad guys like pops up in the back seat and shoots her. Yeah. And she, and so like, that's a main character by the way. And she's dead. But what's more is just like, that's a horror thing. Like that that might as well be a zombie that pops up in the back or a werewolf or something. And so like, (laughs) it's so, and because it's, because it's just a a regular conscious person and not a monster, uh, that means that like that guy, was that guy just waiting? Like, was he just, like, sitting in her back seat? But you're not supposed to think about that kind of thing. Yeah. And I'm fine with not thinking about that yeah. kind of thing because it's a genre movie that winds up being several genres that aren't ostensibly the genre that it, has, that it actually is. And that's it's, – it's such a wonderful – just such a wonderful yeah. film. Did you see the remake? No, I didn't. I didn't see the remake of that, I, no. I – I saw it because I had heard things like what Tyler's saying that it's actually not bad, and I didn't like it actually. It's fun. Uh, it's functional. Like there's and there's some, you know, some good acting in it and that sort of thing. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's functional at best. Did what you, did you think of Ghosts of Mars? I didn't see that. I didn't okay. see that. Everyone yeah. uh, everyone uh, rags on it, and I I understand <laughs> why. It's when did that? When was really that made? Two thousand one. Okay. Around there, yeah. Um, yeah, I kind of I think uh, it's good silly fun. I probably would like it. I like to see it. You know. I just had a, I just had a thought when you were talking about the remake. Um, I'm a big fan of taking a Pelham one two three. I didn't see the remake of that. Did I you guys did. see the remake of that? You did. I uh, I love the original. Original's like one of the best movies ever made. It's like. it's pretty astounding. Yeah. Like, um, I feel like that's like what uh, Jerry Brockheimer's wanted to do his entire life is like recreate that type of movie. Mm-hmm. But it just it's like oh god, it's not quite right. <laughs> <laughs> it's just uh, it's just oh, it's, I can't get it. Like uh, like somebody who's like uh, five foot two and wants to be like in the NBA. It's yeah, like, it's like merely just, wanting it is not going to make it happen. You can't do it. By the way, you, have you ever seen Jerry Bruckheimer? He is maybe about five foot two. Really? Oh, okay. It makes sense. You know. it makes sense. <laughs> so basically, if he if it's if he wanted to be in the NBA, he'd be as likely to succeed <laughs> as uh, if he were to make a right. taking Pelham one two three. Is it um, trash? <clears throat> the, the new one? Yeah. Uh... Is it trash? It's, is it's, it utter crap? <laughs> it's not. It's not straight trash. It, mm-hmm. it goes back to a lot of what you were talking about before. It's a film that I can't completely dismiss because there are a couple of good scenes and some interesting characters. Right. One of them is the mayor, played by James Gandolfini. Okay. And I didn't know that. That's making me to see it now. 
like they do some interesting stuff with him because, of course, in the in the original, the mayor's, the mayor's kind of a fuddy duddy. Like, he's a, like in effect, a, yeah. Whereas I like this that. one, he's a very functional kind of guy, and uh, and he plays a very um, a very important role. He's maybe only in two or three scenes, right. really. But uh, and then Travolta actually does a pretty good job too. And what they have his character do is interesting. What they have Washington's character do is also kind of interesting. But what bothers me is that like what I what I liked about the original is how much of an ensemble it was. Yeah, like and it's funny you had, too. You had Walter Matthau and 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 Robert Shaw, but then you also had like Martin Balsam, right. and there is no Martin Balsam character in this, and that is to the film's detriment because his character is fascinating. Yeah. Um, yep. And it was fun. Yeah, you're right. Like it was frequently funny as yeah. those like 70s action movies so frequently were. Yep. Y- you know what I think was one of the most riskiest remakes of the past 10 years or so that ended up actually being really good if in a completely different way from the movie that it was uh, remaking was uh, Jonathan Demme's version of The Manchurian Candidate. Mm-hmm. Did oh, you see that? I did not, no. I, I was... If I hadn't worked at a video store <coughs> at the time that it came out on DVD and I, I probably wouldn't have watched it because I'm... You know, it's a bold course, move. Yeah, it's a bold I'm such, move. such a fan of Manchurian Candidate. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, but... Uh, that movie is actually really good, and uh, I mean, I love Jonathan Demme, but also due largely to Denzel Washington's commitment to playing the character in a very weird and unsettling way. Yeah, there are moments when he seems genuinely like one of those crazy guys you would see on the street, and for for Denzel Washington, who just kind of oozes charisma and can't—I'm sorry to say—can't not be Denzel Washington. Yeah, well, that's, that's uh, for him to shed that. Is pretty. Oh, he does. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's a good movie. It so it's not like it Man. Out. What's the movie that? Uh, what's his name? Uh, Ridley Scott. No, Tony Scott made with him. Well, he made a bunch of movies. With him. Uh, what's yeah. the Man one? Man of Fire. Man of Fire. Right. Yeah. My girlfriend likes Tony Scott a lot. I can't stand him. I like Man on Fire, and I think oh. I like Tony Scott against my better judgment. Here's, maybe. Here's my impression of uh, Man on Fire. Editing, editing. Oh, watch this, editing. That's what it is. <laughs> I think that's Tony Scott's yeah. career of late. And ever. editing, and here's more editing. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Filter, filter, filter. Editing, editing, <laughs> editing, editing. Filter, <laughs> color like filter. Someone saw Domino. Did you right. see oh, Domino? I've seen Domino. Yep. That thing is a lot of editing in there. Because <laughs> I think, because I think, because <laughs> I think Tony Scott did the new. Taking Pelham one two three as well. I think he, uh, he did. did. Maybe he. D- yes. Yeah, he did because he also did Unstoppable, which I thought was awesome. I didn't see. D- it. Did you think it was awesome? It was awesome because it's like that's the kind of, that's what I want to see. It's, it's just like it's there's it's so simple. It's so simple, right? There is a train. It is not stopping. <laughs> we need someone to stop it. Those guys stop the train. Yeah, it's and it's such it's a. The, it's the best. That was like I was so excited for that movie. I can't believe it. I remember just being like, "Oh, this!" I saw the, the trailer for it. And I was like, "That looks so." Not not necessarily dumb, but just little things like Chris Pine being like, "We're gonna ram this bitch" or whatever it is yeah. he says, and it's just like, "Oh, that looks horrendous." And then it started getting good reviews for exactly what you're talking about. People are just like. It knows what it is, and there's something to be said for that. Yep. And then I saw it, and it's dumb. Oh, yeah. But, boy, it's it's kind of smart in how dumb it is. The, the key to that movie, and this is a key I think that a lot of movies miss out on, and this is, like, essential. That movie is, I think, under 90 minutes. If you make yeah. any movie under 90, 90 minutes, I'll probably love it. Mm-hmm. It can be, like, the worst thing ever, but it's like, if it's, hey, it was short. 
Like, yeah. what can? There's nothing yeah. worse. There's yeah. nothing worse than a good movie that's too long. Mm. That's why I can't stand. Yeah. I feel like I'd rather watch the worst movie ever under 90 minutes than the good movie that's going like, oh, it's so great. Oh no, now it is bad because I have to go to the bathroom and my ass hurts. <laughs> yeah, like, short movies you know. are good for 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 dates because you can have dinner after the movie to talk about it, and it's right. not like 11 o'clock. It's, yep. you've only you've seen a short movie. Exactly. That's how I think about it. That's a very so Roman Polanski's Carnage is coming out. It's only seventy nine minutes long. Awesome. I'm, I'll see it twice in a day. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, but uh, I want to talk about uh, something. I haven't seen Fast Five. Have you? Absolutely. I'm a big yeah, you, fan you, of the franchise. You guys talking about Unstoppable and like those kind of movies that seem like they're going to be dumb and end up getting good reviews. Fast well, Five made the New York Times. I think New York Times. Well, Top ten list of the year. Whoa. I don't know why. I think that's someone trying to be cool. I wrong about the. <laughs> that's got to be. I think that's got to be like someone there trying to be trying to who's late to the game. I've watched all those movies since the very beginning. Actually, I started with F- F- Too Fast, Too Furious. Fell in love. You know, saw the first one, and I've I've gone the opening weekend to every one of them since. Really? I think they're the best. It's like they're the best of the worst. I only saw the first one, and I didn't like it. I don't like oh. a lot of um, first one's Rob not Cohen. as good. Rob Cohen is that? Who I don't did even that? know. I don't even think about it. It's I don't not, like a lot of his work. Th- that wasn't a director. There was like a, pro- like a team of <coughs> team of producers and some actors. That's what made that movie. Like, um, that's like, those kind of movies don't have directors. I feel like it's like this. They hire somebody who's uh, comfortable telling uh, you know those people to, what to do. And like right. that, that that movie was made by the AD, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's that kind of thing. But then with the second one, they did they got John Singleton, who did another movie that everyone thinks is dumb that you and I both love, Tyler, which is Four Brothers. Did you ever see that? I haven't seen that. No. I, I, I don't love it, by the oh, way, okay. but I do enjoy it. Well, yes. no, uh, I frequent uh, guest in front of the show, Pat Healy loves Four yeah, Brothers, right. oh, so okay. Pat and I have that in common. Have you you haven't seen it? I haven't seen it. No, but I uh, should. Yeah, anything uh, Pat likes, I tend to like. But Snow- then they Snowball on. Fight ends in bloodshed. That's <laughs> yeah. a movie I like. Um, and then the series went on to Justin Lin, who did um, Better uh, Luck ma- Tomorrow. Made right? his name with a movie called Better <clears throat> Luck Tomorrow, which is a. Uh, you know, horribly derivative movie, but okay. shows that he's a f- fantastically assured stylist, and so it makes sense that he that he would did, be the right director did for Tokyo that, Drift for that kind of yeah. And that he did the last three. He did Tokyo Drift. Oh, he did the fourth one. Whatever. See, I I'm not even called. paying attention. I love his movies, but I just that's the kind of, the kind of movies where I don't pay attention to who's directing because I feel like I don't know. If, I don't know. I, I guess I don't see the direction in it. when I watch a movie like that. I'm not feeling, feeling the director in it. You know. I'm yeah. just feeling everything, the whole madness of it. I guess the point I'm trying to make is that I should see these because the last four were made by directors I like as yeah. opposed I mean, to the first one. Tokyo Drift is totally absurd. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's the most fun of all of them. The fourth one is really good. Is Tokyo, am I wrong? Is Tokyo Drift also technically like a prequel? Like, doesn't it yeah. time? Yeah, it's a prequel and it also doesn't have any of the stock characters. There's no... Um, no Paul Walker, no Luda. No, is Luda in it? No, Lil Bow Wow's in it instead of Luda. Uh-huh. It's, it's, oh. it's awesome. It's the best one because it's the worst and it's the most ridiculous. And it's like <laughs> so some of the worst acting, the worst writing you've ever seen in your life. So to you, Tokyo Drift is still the best. Fast Five did I've, not. Fast Five was super disappointing to me. I really thought, Uh-oh. yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. I think people who said it was great, they're, they're late to the game of liking this franchise and want to be like, oh, yeah, I, I, I like it. It's, I've always liked that, those things. No, you didn't. <laughs> is, it, is it The Rock? Like, do people? Because I like I like The Rock. I think he's a, a good, charismatic actor who can I really mean, carry a movie. Do you think people are responding to him? I don't. Maybe they are. But Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, he 
there's some this the movie's so ridiculous new one it's told there's so much like for one the funniest part of the movie is that the rock is never not sweating he's like always he looks like they someone came up with him like two ladies came up and misted him with water and uh whatever silicone whatever crap they use or glycerin and just like the second they stepped away, they called action. <laughs> like it looks like there's one. There's, I think there's two scenes. I know there's one for sure where you can you see a drip. <laughs> you see a drip. But also, I think they were shooting. Oh, I can't remember. I don't think only a very small part of it was in Brazil. I think they like faked it. Maybe where they were actually was hot. He's got a sweating problem. I don't know. <laughs> Did you ever see the rundown with, no, with the Rock? I haven't seen it. No, that's a, a very cool movie. You got to see. It. Okay, I think yeah. you will it's, love it because okay. it's uh, directed by Peter Berg. Yeah. Um, okay. Oh, cool. It's the Rock, Rosario Dawson, Sean William Scott, and Christopher Walken. Mm-hmm. Nice. The the rundown. Okay. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Was the Rock the Rock in the Walking Tall remake? Yes, he yeah, was. I, okay. that. I haven't seen that either, so I feel like I'm not versed in any of these things. I didn't see the original with Jonan Baker. I feel like I need to see that first. I saw part of it. I remember being sort of not. I didn't think it was going to be as. It wasn't as crazy as I thought it was going to be. It wasn't as like you know '70s movie that's supposed to be bad it's good kind of thing is like i thought it was going to be mm. so no i think forward. it was having having not seen it but I, i've become somewhat fascinated in the last several months by the career of jodon baker specifically as a leading man because and you can see a lot of these films on mystery science theater 3000 like final justice and mitchell but then like you know walking tall like he was a leading man and basically an action hero for a while, which you don't usually think of from like middle-aged, paunchy, southern <laughs> guys, right? Like, but there is just some kind of weird. I don't know. I, I I really want to. I'm fascinated, but not not enough to have done any research on it. I'm fascinated by what it was about that time period that this was an acceptable thing. Not that I'm saying it's unacceptable, but that people apparently wanted to see it. Yeah, it's almost like a James Garner kind of thing, right? (laughs) Where it's like, just like, he's just such a man's man. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he's such a man's man, he's not pretty. Yeah. Yeah. But I I, I like James Garner, I think, more than I do. Oh, I like James Garner a lot, yeah. Uh, My favorite thing about Mitchell is the fact that it has a theme song written for the movie about Mitchell. Yeah. And it's written and performed by Hoyt Axton, who yeah. was a musician in his own right, but is mostly known, particularly to people our age, as the father from Gremlins. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. You know, the guy who had the smokeless ashtray, he was yeah. an inventor, and he's the one who bought bought Gizmo. Uh, it's so weird to me to think that, that yeah. he is uh, the guy singing the Mitchell song. Yeah, because that song's pretty terrible. <laughs> it is pretty yeah. bad. Yeah. <coughs> um. Now, uh, I think we probably need to start wrapping up, right? Sure, like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and you've already mentioned, I'm sorry, is it Rocker or Rockers? Rockers. 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 Okay. Do you know what the tagline is for Rockers? What's that? It's dangerous. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. That's right. That sounds exciting. Um, it is exciting. But when, it, uh, Pure style. when we have uh, guests on, we do, wanna, we do try to uh, ask them about a specific movie and, ro- and Rockers, any of these... There's entire genres you're aware of that I didn't know yeah, about, well, so barely. there's that. But um, are, are there any other movies that you just love and a lot of people perhaps haven't seen and you just recommend it and it's... Um, there's a movie I saw not that long ago. I may get the title wrong. I think it's called A Thousand Clowns. Oh, that's yeah. a good one. And I that saw that and I was just absolutely blown away by yeah. that. It's. I think it's 
pretty hard to see actually i think you can't see it unless you buy like it's not if you what you're getting is is low quality i think if you're able to buy it it's not on right. it's not beneficially released on dvd at all so yeah that yeah, movie's great was, my video store back when in the year 2000 or ever had the vhs of it, okay and that's i think that's how i saw it yeah you and i watched it in chicago actually oh, okay um oh i have i know a movie i have to mention okay okay uh it's called um reflections of evil and it's made by a guy who lives in Los Angeles. His name is Damon Packard. And uh, you can watch the entire movie on YouTube. He has it on there. Two different cuts. I suggest there's maybe three cuts, but I suggest not the longest cut. And it's one of the craziest, most bizarre, fucked up, scary movies that's ever been made. Yeah. It's awesome. It sounds very familiar. You've probably heard of it. It's, Damon Packard is kind of like, he's kind of uh, in the ether of like L.A., He's a crazy. He's he's a crazy guy. You know, he's like a, a very strange uh, guy who's I don't know. He's a weird. He's a weird guy, and okay. he is like obsessed with like seventies television. He has all that all that cataloged, and so this movie, a lot of it is made up of. It's made up of uh, like clips from E. T. He's also obsessed with Spielberg, so it's, it's like clips of E. T. Clips of like seventies TV and stuff. He's in it. It's all like dubbed over with all these weird foley effects. I mean, it's one. It's one of the weirdest movies. <coughs> like I've watched a lot of movies that are like you call like as you call them trippy. Mm-hmm. That movie is like the most. It's hard to watch. If some people will be like, I can't, I can't watch this. This is like messing with my head. It's super, super weird. It's like it's a, you know it's an art. It's basically an art film, but instead of being made by someone who has a grant from. I don't know the some music, like the Walker. I don't know who gives grants to video artists. It's been made by a guy. It's it's video art without the pretension of it being video art. Mm-hmm. I'm doing quotes right now. Yeah, so it's like this amazing thing that's like I don't know. You couldn't create it if someone would try to make that. You just couldn't. It's so and so genuine and so so tr- totally bizarre and amazing looking and all the music in it. Oh, man, it just kills me. It's so good. Well, I want to, before we wrap up, I also want to ask you, because you mentioned in your email you watch a lot of uh, documentaries on Netflix. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Have you seen, because I haven't seen this yet, but a lot of people have recommended it to me to watch on Netflix, uh, the Rockefeller Explosion documentary. Is it a good documentary? I don't know. What it, Do you know what the Rockefeller Explosion No, I don't. Is? It sounds awesome, though. <laughs> is it like a I'm not sci-fi? sure what to head if you, would, when you grew up, did you have Chuck E. Cheese or did you have Showbiz Pizza? Oh, jeez. Oh, I don't even know. Because... The Showbiz Pizza was it was the same general idea. They were right. like animatronic. This one's the ape. Yes, it was a, a, a yeah a gorilla or an ape. Yeah, yeah. Of some Jeez, sort. I think it maybe we had Showbiz. Yeah, and so in the like animatronic stage show, the band. Oh, I heard about this. The band was called the Rockefeller Explosion. Right, and there's like a documentary about this thing and like people who like. Uh, are into it and like collect them or something and like have like working yeah. rockefeller explosions okay. in the garage. I've heard about this documentary. Yeah, I haven't seen it though. Okay, it's on. Is it, it on Netflix? That's what that, it's been recommended to me a lot of late. Wait, to watch on net on, Netflix. on Watch Instant. Yeah, on oh. Instant Watch. Oh, because I had okay. heard about it and cool. I don't remember where. I think you might have told me about it. Okay, and uh, that sounds wonderful. Yeah, I like any almost any documentary. It goes back to uh, reggae movies. I like anything that is so specific. Yeah, me too. It's just like, I didn't know. Uh, David and I, okay, several years ago, we were commissioned to make a documentary ourselves, a A short short documentary documentary. about the woman who created a certain breed of dog called the Miki. 
Um, so we just it was basically we were paid by this very eccentric woman from Texas who has a lot of money, and uh, she was basically going to be she had her own like kennel and she was going to be investing like in these dogs and wanted something to kind of go along with it. Nice. And so she knew, knew like my mom or something and and uh, she said, well, we're going to be interviewing this woman in Wisconsin. Do you think you can shoot it and edit it? It's like, yeah, sure. So I brought David along because it seemed like a fun thing <laughs> and uh, it sure was. It was a fun day. It was a fun day. And, and uh, yeah, weird. And the old, and the old woman was very nice. She's super sweet. I, I I have to assume at this point she's probably passed on. Um, she was quite old. But, Total uh, character, right? <laughs> completely. Yes, yes. But what's more, <laughs> so this. Do you the, still have that footage? I've got it somewhere. Yeah. I like to see this. We got to cut something together. I don't know what rights we have. Okay. Because my well, I have like, the I have the film I made. I've got yeah, but that. the film that that you you made. I mean, I was going to say we. I didn't do. I did almost nothing. Um, I set up the camera and then... You were there for moral support for me and I appreciated it. And also you came over to my apartment to edit because I had Final Cut Pro and I read magazines and occasionally chimed in uh, while you edited it. But because of who was commissioning it, you made a a nice, sort of a fluff piece. Yes. There, we could... We could make from that footage a short documentary about That's right. what uh, an what awesomely sh- fantastic character this woman. That's what we has to have to do. Yeah. And there's the subculture of Miki breeders. Right. Miki is what the dog is called. Miki. There's a subculture where there's all kinds of weird political stuff going on. Jeez. Because there's like a society, and you're like the and this woman was like the head of the society, but then somebody else came along and got her kicked out as the head of this society. Wow. It's like, what? This is a. I didn't know the dog existed. I didn't know that there was a whole subculture, and one that's just so sorted, and yeah. so like so weird. It, something like and, and that uh, fascinates me. Also, the entire during the entire the interview, the woman had come up to Milwaukee with her two like just snotty bratty like were they grandkids or nieces? Grandkids, I think. And they kept they would just occasionally knock on the door in the middle of the interview and ask their grandma for more money to go like <laughs> buy food or something. Yeah. And like, are you done interviewing our grandma? Like <laughs> Look, I'm sure this is very exciting crazy. for her, but come on. Right. It was a very I'm sorry, I didn't yeah, so, mean no, to no, uh, take you it down sounds, memory sounds, lane. It sounds great. It would be such a cool thing to see. Yeah. Yeah, we should, but, we but should for do reason, something with that. For reasons like that this uh, rock of fire explosion and re- and documentary is perfect for this kind of thing. Right. And I, you'd think I, I, after all this, I, I would have seen the King of Kong, but I haven't. Oh, you got to see it. Did you see yeah. it? Yeah, I see it. I mean, I think that that's just like a classic, really. Yeah. You couldn't have made a bad documentary about that just because those guys, well, you could have made a bad documentary by inserting yourself in the documentary, which people love to do now. Yeah. They're like, yeah. I was thinking about how to call him back and they filmed themselves pacing across the room. Yeah. That's a big, I have a big problem with that. So I had to bring that up, but, yeah, that's a, yeah. that movie. Like those, the, you you could have made a bad one. I keep saying we're gonna wrap up, but I, there's a brand new movie that, um, as of this recording, will open tomorrow. Uh-huh. Uh, I saw it at a press screening. I sometimes get to go to press <laughs> screenings. I don't really talk about it on the podcast. Um, sad running joke. Um, but no, there's a documentary called Knuckle. Okay, that's have you seen Snatch? 
Yeah, the movie. Yeah, yeah. So you know how the movie. <laughs> oh man, no, that, that was not that was not what it meant. What it came out like at Johnny, all. Johnny, I will not high five you. Why are you? No, I meant like I don't know. I guess was thinking like like the narrative film that Guy Ritchie made. Right? Yes, Snatch, the Guy yeah. Ritchie film, not Snatch. like a documentary called Snatch uh, that I don't know about. In 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 that movie, Brad Pitt is a gypsy type character. Yeah, like who a pikey. Is, uh, who, yeah, who is yeah. a bare knuckle boxer. Right. This movie, Knuckle, is about the actual real like. Gypsy traveler, oh, Irish traveler, well, bare knuckle I'll, I'll be watching it. It's <laughs> it's super fascinating, but the problem is that it does occasionally like you get the guy himself's not in the movie, but his voiceover will occasionally be like, "I started to question the moral, there you like, go. ethics of <coughs> quickest way to ruin something good." Yeah, it really, it really just like me. you don't. Uh, and there is a movie that I that I like um, that does have that, but it actually doesn't bother me that much. And it's uh, Winnebago Man. Did you see it? I did. I didn't finish it. And I kind of that was really bothered by his. That's actually what I was referencing when I was talking oh, about that. Something about the way he, yeah, because he didn't. He made that documentary about himself. That's what he did. Mm. I, I feel like he did. I think it actually was more organic than that. I think there's no question he would have let himself be a character in it. But the Jack Rebney, the the subject of the film, like was so actively pulling him in as well right and it's almost like he would not it's almost as if he said i'm not going to be the only subject of this documentary you're going to be in here with me and he's not on screen very much right but and i think in the voiceover that's where you get in that where a person gets into trouble because that's where the filmmaker can really make themselves out to be this super noble person who's like questioning his own motives and look how you know, look yeah. how self-examining I am, and just that sort of thing. F- when as soon as you, as soon as you turn the camera on yourself, and you start like, just the thing when he, I could just tell someone I knew was I knew was contrived, and it just kills me because it's like, if you can't do that, you shouldn't do that. And I, I just think you, you can do it. I just don't think I'm gonna like it if yeah. you do, and just because it sort of pollutes what you have, which is like a super crazy dude who says stuff. And if you have like the, I think if you have the willpower the patience and sort of just like the the balls to put up with someone who's crazy like that and you can mm-hmm. probably you know you can you don't need to have as much commentary do you think it has it has something to do with maybe the filmmaker like not trusting the audience to just take this person as they are and they feel know. like they need to sort of act as sort of a go between i think that's probably part of it i think it's also just people you know people naturally want to be a part of something <coughs> unless you're unless you have the wherewithal or like the the scruples to not do it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I think there's a movie, Colony, that's about bees. And the guy, the people who made that, the only time you ever hear it is, like, the occasion when they had to, you had to hear the question off camera. Mm-hmm. It's like Errol Morris, like, the same sort of thing. You never hear him. Yeah. And maybe once in a while, because you have to, because you have to hear the question to understand what the answer was. Right. Because they said something crazy. Um, but otherwise, you know, he doesn't he doesn't put himself in the documentaries at all. His are the best. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah. feel like his Did stuff... Did you like Tabloid? I didn't see Tabloid yet. I feel like, I feel like as much as I like him, I feel like his stuff is moving further, <laughs> further away from what I really like about him. But still like him a lot. Did you ever see? I haven't seen a lot by the Maisels Brothers, but did you ever see a Salesman? Nope. Oh. See, the thing is, I haven't seen a lot of good document. I kind of watch a lot of bad documentaries. <laughs> I don't know why. Like, I like watching the ones that are really cheap and shitty and about, like, 2012 and where you can see the law of Mike on a guy <laughs> who's a former, you know, former person who worked at Area 51 who's behind blackness and has his voice covered up in a way that you can't understand what he's saying. I like that kind of crap. So, Well, Salesman yeah. is very okay. good, and it's, and it's exactly what you're talking about. It's uh, the the... 
filmmakers try. I don't understand. You talk about the the discipline required to not put yourself in there. Yeah. And these guys, they just it. They follow these Bible salesmen as they go around, and it's not it's not a scam, but they are. Oh, I've heard of this. You know, yeah. doing kind of sleazy things and yeah. like making people feel guilty for why wouldn't you want to buy a Bible stuff right. like that. Um, but uh, and there's such awkwardness. I mean, it really is like living in Glengarry Glen Ross, but specifically that one scene where Jack Lemon goes and is talking to that that one guy who does not want him in his house. Yeah. Like it's a whole movie of that. Wow. And the filmmakers are just there. Yeah. And you forget that like there's a camera and pe- and a crew here while this conversation's going on. Right. That's insane. So it's I'll a great do. movie. I have to see that. Well, Johnny, thanks for for joining us. Thanks for having yeah, me. This is a fun conversation. Absolutely. I like it. I think um, get like it and pretentious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, you, the listeners, can of course, as always, find us at battleshippretension.com, where there are uh, you know theatrical and home video reviews and other features going up. Uh, this week, we will have a review of Roman Polanski's Carnage, which was mentioned in this episode. And, of course, you can listen to the show there and, and download it on iTunes. Subscribe on iTunes. You can email us, david at battleshipretention.com or tyler at battleshipretension.com. Follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash thepretension. Uh, follow Tyler on Twitter at twitter.com slash morelessons, which is the official Twitter of his other podcast, More Than One Lesson, which you can find at morethanonelesson.com or on iTunes. And you can find my other podcast, the weekly television review show, Previously On, at previouslyonshow.com or in iTunes. Johnny, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on the internet on Twitter at Johnny Pemberton or my website is also johnnypemberton.com And uh, we're all, of course, looking forward to 21 Jump Street. Yeah, uh, me too. And yeah. in the meantime, you can go and watch uh, episodes of Mega Drive yeah. as well as, we didn't really talk about it, but the uh, the web series Aim, Aim High, High yep. which is uh, which is actually very good and starring has a, lot a lot of film of, actors actually. Yeah. It's got a, a, Clancy Brown is Clancy in Brown. there and he's great. I'm a big fan of his. Rebecca Mader, Jackson Rathbone, Amy Teagarden, mm. uh, even more. Yeah, but and of course Johnny Pemberton. Of course, <laughs> yes, yes. But uh, what's but Amy, yeah, what's Amy Teagarden like? She's a person, you know. She's she's a girl. I mean, people people love asking that question. Really, <laughs> like Friday Night Lights fans, I, I guess. Yeah, or just people fans of Amy Teagarden. I think you know she's. Oh, does she have those kind of? I, I just meant it as yeah. a Friday Night Lights. Oh, okay. I didn't mean it as a creepy way. In a okay. Creepy way. Well, most I think most people mean it in a creepy way, but <laughs> okay. um, no, no, she's she's very pleasant and nice and sweet and yeah. What's Clancy Brown like? He's cool. <laughs> I want him to be as terrifying as in Highlander. <laughs> That's what I want to picture. He's pretty. He's a quiet guy. I feel like you know. I could see that. Yeah. Um. Okay. So as so now we know. What Amy Teagarden and Clancy Brown are like, I feel like now we can definitely end the episode. Yeah, so Johnny, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll get you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.